Hello, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Today is the 3rd of December, day 337 out of the year, and we are reading from Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 18. Let's begin with a reading from the Bible. Joy in serving, having the attitude of Christ. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Shine brightly for Christ. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticise you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining light, bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. This is the word of the Lord. Here ends the first reading. Now let's turn to the New Living Translation. Many people, even Christians, live only to make a good impression on others or to please themselves. But selfishness brings discord. Paul, therefore, stressed spiritual unity, asking the Philippians to love one another and to be one in spirit and purpose. When we work together, caring for the problems of others as if they were our problems, we demonstrate Christ's example of putting others first and we experience unity. 
Don't be so concerned about making a good impression or meeting your own needs that you strain relationships in God's family. Selfishness can ruin a church, but genuine humility can build it. Being humble involves having a true perspective about ourselves. It does not mean that we should put ourselves down. Before God, we are sinners, saved only by God's grace. But we are saved and therefore have great worth in God's kingdom. We are to lay aside selfishness and treat others with respect and common courtesy. Considering others' interests as more important than our own links us with Christ, who was a true example of humility. Philippi was a cosmopolitan city. The cosmopolitan, the composition of the church reflected great diversity with people from a variety of backgrounds and walks of life. Acts chapter 16 gives us some indication of the diverse makeup of this church. The church included Lydia, a Jewish convert from Asia and a wealthy businesswoman, the slave girl, probably a native Greek, and the jailer serving this colony of the empire, probably a Roman. With so many different backgrounds among the members, unity must have been difficult to maintain. Although there is no evidence of division in the church, its unity had to be safeguarded. Paul encourages us to guard against selfishness, prejudice or jealousy that might lead to dissension. Showing genuine interest in others is a positive step forward in maintaining unity among believers. Jesus Christ was humble, willing to give up his rights in order to obey God and serve people. Like Christ, we should have a servant's attitude, serving out of love for God and for others, not out of guilt or fear. Remember, you can choose your attitude, you can approach life expecting to be served, or you can look for opportunities to serve others. See Mark for more on Christ's attitude of servanthood. The incarnation was the act of the pre-existent son of God, voluntarily assuming a human body and human nature without ceasing to be God. He became a human being, the man called Jesus. He did not give up his deity to become human, but he set aside the right to his glory and power. In submission to the Father's will, Christ limited his power and knowledge. Jesus of Nazareth was subject to place, time and many other human limitations. What made his humanity unique was his freedom from sin. In his full humanity, Jesus showed us everything about God's character that can be conveyed in human terms. The incarnation is explained further in these passages, John, Romans, Corinthians, Timothy, Hebrews and John again. These verses are probably from a hymn sung by the early Christian church. The passages holds many parallels to the prophecy of the suffering servant in Isaiah chapter 53. As a hymn, it was not meant to be a complete statement about the nature and work of Christ. Several key characteristics of Jesus Christ, however, are praised in this passage. One, Christ has always existed with God. Two, Christ is equal to God because he is God. Three, 
Though Christ is God, he became a man in order to fulfill God's plan of salvation for all people. For Christ did not have the appearance of being a man. He actually became human to identify with our sins. Five, Christ voluntarily laid aside his divine rights and privileges out of love for his father. Six, Christ died on the cross for our sins so we wouldn't have to face eternal death. Seven, God glorified Christ because of his obedience. Eight, God raised Christ to his original position of at the Father's right hand, where he will reign forever as our Lord and judge. How can we do anything less than praise Christ as our Lord and dedicate ourselves to his service? Often people excuse selfishness, pride of evil by claiming their rights. They think, I can cheat on this test, after all I deserve to pass this class, or I can spend all this money on myself, I work hard for it. Or I can get an abortion. I have a right to control my own body. But as believers, we should have a different attitude. One that enables us to lay aside our rights in order to serve others. If we say we follow Christ, we must also say we want to live as he lived. We should develop his attitude of humility as we serve, even when we are not likely to get recognition for our efforts. Are you selfishly clinging to your rights or are you willing to serve? Death on a cross, crucifixion, was the form of capital punishment that Romans used for notorious criminals. It was excruciatingly painful and humiliating. Prisoners were nailed or tied to a cross and left to die. Death might not come for several days and it usually came by suffocation when the weight of the weakened body made breathing more and more difficult. Jesus died as one who was cursed. How amazing that the perfect man should die the most shameful death so that he would not have to face eternal punishment. At the last judgment, even those who are condemned will recognise Jesus' authority and right to rule. People can choose now to commit their lives to Jesus as Lord or be forced to acknowledge him as Lord when he returns. Christ may return at any moment. Are you prepared to meet him? Work hard to show the results of your salvation in light of the preceding exhortation to unity may mean that the entire church was to work together to rid themselves of divisions and discord. The Philippian church Christians needed to be especially careful to obey Christ now that Paul wasn't there to continually remind them about what was right. We too must be careful about what we believe and how we live, especially when we are on our own. In the absence of cherished Christian leaders, we must focus our attention and devotion even more on Christ so that we won't be sidetracked. What do we do when we don't feel like obeying? God has not left us alone in our struggles to do his will. He wants to come alongside us and be within us to help. God gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The secret to a changed life is to submit to God's control and let him work. Next time, ask God to help you desire to do his will. To be like Christ, we must train ourselves to think like Christ. 
to change our desires to be more like Christ, we need the power of the indwelling spirit, the influence of faithful Christians, obedience to God's word, not just exposure to it, and sacrificial service. Often it is in doing God's will that we gain the desire to do it. Do what he wants and trust him to change your desires. Why are complaining and arguing so harmful? If all that people know about a church is that its members constantly argue, complain and gossip, they get a false impression of Christ and the good news. Belief in Christ should unite those who trust him. If your church is always complaining and arguing, it lacks the unifying power of Jesus Christ. Stop arguing with other Christians or complaining about people and conditions within the church. Instead, let the world see Christ. Our lives should be characterised by moral purity, patience and peacefulness, so that we will shine brightly in a dark and depraved world. A transformed life is an effective witness to the power of God's word. Are you shining brightly or are you clouded by complaining and arguing? Don't let dissension snuff out your light. Shine out for God. Your role is to shine until Jesus returns and bathes the world in his radiant glory. The drink offering was an important part of the sacrificial system of the Jews. Because this church had little Jewish background, the liquid offering may refer to the wine poured out to pagan deities prior to important public events. Paul regarded his life as a sacrifice. Even if he had to die, Paul was content knowing that he had helped the Philippians for Christ. When you are totally committed to serving Christ, sacrificing to build the faith of others brings a joyous reward. Here ends the second reading. Let us pray, Lord, that this day... We stand firm in our faith, that we trust God and we carry out his will. Amen.